0: Welcome to The Romantic Side of Suspense with Sarah Hammerker. In each episode, she'll talk with your favorite romantic suspense authors. They will take you behind the scenes of the writing process, giving excerpts from their writing, and share stories about their writing life.
1: Hello, and welcome to The Romantic Side of Suspense. I'm your host, Sarah Hammerker, and I'm so glad you joined me. This episode, you're going to hear about this month's new releases in Christian Romantic Suspense. I hope you will enjoy hearing from your favorite Romantic Suspense authors as they talk about the background of their latest books. My next guest is Kelly Van Horn, and she's going to share about her new release, Dangerous Desert Abduction. So welcome to my show, Kelly.
2: Thank you, Sarah, and hello to all the readers out there.
1: What does your heroine eat for breakfast? And I'm glad you picked this question because um, I think it's kind of fun to see what our heroes and heroines, our characters, eat.
2: Yeah, I thought this was a real fun question too. Um, So in my book, Dangerous Desert Abduction, the heroine is Abigail Fox, and um, she was recently widowed, and she's a single mom now. So um, she has this cute little four-year-old boy named Owen. And um, like most moms of young kids, She pretty much goes for whatever is quick for breakfast, right? So a cup of Mm -hmm. coffee, a bowl of cereal, uh, maybe the rest of the eggs or pancakes off of Owen's plate. (laughs) Any mobs who have done that before? Um, Whatever helps get them out the door and on with their day. Um, And and this becomes even more the case for her once the story starts uh, because the mob is after them. So they are on the run.
1: Okay, yeah, got to get a quick breakfast (laughs) when... don't want to take too too much time
3: for breakfast. Not at all.
1: (laughs) Let's switch to your hero. Um, What's holding him back from finding love in your story?
2: Um, So the hero is Micah Ellis, and he is a park ranger out in Badlands National Park in South Dakota. Um, And a few years uh, prior to the start of the story, he was um, stationed out at a different national park in Utah. And he went through a really rough breakup there. Um, He'd met a woman through church. Uh, They had been dating for several months, and he was sure she was the one. But when he went to propose, um, she told him that she was dating someone else at the same time and uh, that she thought he knew it wasn't serious. Uh, So between that humiliating experience and then his own parents' divorce when he was a child, um, he doesn't really hold out a lot of hope that lifetime love is even possible.
1: Mm. And so we all know from the title, Desert Abduction People, come on. <laughs> that
2: there's a villain <laughs> right. in here.
1: So who or what does your villain love the
2: most? Um, so uh, as I mentioned, you know, the mob is after Abigail and Owen and um, – she suspects that, that who is who killed her husband um, prior to the start of the story. And, um, you know, the title tells you there's an abduction in the story. And <laughs> I've already told you there's a little boy, Owen. So um, actually in the first chapter, someone that Abigail trusts and who she has viewed as a family friend, a former friend of her dead husband's, um, he shows up and he makes the move to kidnap her son. And of course she's not expecting this at all. Um, and, um, obviously in his case, the thing he really loves the most is his own safety because here he's willing Mm -hmm. to sacrifice his friendship with this person who trusted him, um, in order to protect himself. And that's kind Ah. of what sets the whole story into motion.
1: Yeah. And so, um, Obviously, you're, you mentioned already that your story is set um, in a national park which has deserts. So how does that mm-hmm. setting move your story forward?
2: So I really appreciated this question, Sarah, because I feel like um, settings really should be an, an an integral part of a story. And mm-hmm. I almost view the setting as kind of a character in itself. So um, when I'm crafting my plot, I try to think about how can I – make this setting um, so important that the story could not have taken place in the same way somewhere else. So I actually, I had a lot of fun with this because um, not only is there the Badlands, but there's some other cool places in that area of South Dakota. And I tried to incorporate um, a lot of those into the story. So there's um, a scene that involves kind of an indoor chase scene um, at this big tourist trap called Walled Drug which is right off the interstate out there. Um, and that was just super fun for me to write because the if you've ever been to Waldrug, you know, it's this really um, a huge kind of quirky tourist place with all these souvenirs and these like cool things to see. And I just I had a blast writing this like chase scene through there. Um, and then towards the end of the story, of course, there's, Uh, the Badlands come into play, and if you've been out there, you know that it's got this really uh, dry, hot, um, mountainous, kind of formidable geography, and, um, yeah, that was just very fun to use to um, add to the suspense and to kind of um, pull the story together at the end um, for the climax. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and I love, like you said, how sometimes setting can take on its own character. I love that, you know, including that in our books. Um, So let's move on to uh, the underlying positive message of your story, because even though as romantic suspense writers, we write about, um, obviously, suspense, which is not always, you know, cherry on top, Sunday kind of fun things. Um, So what what is that underlying positive message of your story?
2: Um, so as you probably can glean from what I've mentioned, Abigail and Micah um have gone through some really intense hardships and some heartache and I put them through the ringer in this story too. Like she especially Abigail, she has to go through a lot and um that has really challenged her faith. So, um, she comes from a background of having faith in God. Um, but I think going through all of these, um, really intense difficulties has made her kind of, it's almost asked that universal question of why is God allowing this to happen? If God Mm. loves me personally, why is he letting me go through these difficult times? And that's created a gap in her relationship with him. And, um, to me, like one of the really beautiful messages that comes out of this is that, um, she has this moment towards the end of the book, um, where, because of her conversations with Micah and the things she's experienced, um, she, she asks God to be with her again. And she says, I want to trust you, help me to trust you. And then she, she finds peace in him. And, and I, I found as I was writing it, that I just, I mean, that's so important to me to, to remember that no matter what you're going through, that God promises to be with you. He doesn't promise to mm. make it easy, but he promises right. that you won't go through it alone. And to me, like, that is just such a um, an uplifting and encouraging reminder.
1: It is definitely, Kelly. Well, let's close our short time together with what is the tagline for Dangerous Desert Abduction?
2: A kidnapping is only the beginning. Will murder be next? Ooh, okay.
1: <laughs> That's very exciting. I love that. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Kelly, thank you so much for sharing about your book on my show.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah.
1: Now I'm talking with Darusha Egan and her new book, Unseen Danger. So welcome to my show.
4: Thanks for having me, Sarah. I'm excited to be here.
1: So we're going to talk about your heroine first and whether or not she has a pet. And if you've seen the cover of the book, I think the answer is yes. (laughs) So tell us
4: about the pet. You are right. Yeah. So, So she actually has more than one. Dog as well. So, um, Nevea Williams is the name of the heroine, and her pets are actually more than just pets and family members. They both provide an important function in her life. Um, So, she has two dogs, and the one on the cover, if you get to see the cover, is Mm -hmm. um, a Rottweiler mix named Alvarez, who is a protection canine, and he's also Nevea's partner at work at her job for the Phoenix Canine Security and Detection Agency. Um, oh. She is a lo- spends a lot of time with him every day. Um, and then her other dog also has an important role in her life. So that's a Corgi mix, uh, so a more, more medium-sized dog named Canenta. And Canenta is actually a PTSD service dog who is trained to help Nevaeh cope with her PTSD symptoms that she has from a past trauma in her life.
1: Oh, lovely. Yeah, animals are, can be very wonderful or helping Mm -hmm. helping a lot of different things. Um, So let's switch to your hero, and where did he grow up?
4: So he grew up in a town called Sunnybrook, Idaho. So that's actually a fictional town that I created, in part because I wanted that name Sunnybrook for him. (laughs) His name (laughs) is Branson Aberg, and um, there's actually a funny moment in Unseen Danger when he tells Nevea, the heroine, where he grew up and she laughs and says that that explains a lot (laughs) Um, which in many ways it does um, because Sunnybrook is a town that has a population of about 900 people and it's very wholesome and traditional and the town played a role, definitely, in shaping Branson's very positive personality and his wholesome and chivalrous behavior. Um, mm-hmm. He really has a lot of traditional values, even when he's working in a, a more liberal setting, you know, a liberal culture, um, and that really makes him stand out to Nevea. Um but interestingly, even in little sweet Sunnybrook, a near tragedy occurred during Branson's childhood that also drove Branson to become uh, the personal protection specialist that he works as today.
1: Yeah, um,
4: our environment does does give us um, joy and sometimes heartache. Um, right. Yeah, and the childhood really is shaped, I think, a lot by where we grow up. So. <clears throat> yes.
1: Yeah, so let's switch to your villain. Who or what does your villain love the
4: most? So that's a pretty easy answer, himself. (laughs) (laughs) So, And I really think that could actually be the answer to this question for every villain that ever existed in real life and in fiction because, you know, really when you think about it, that's what sin all comes down to, isn't it? You know, it's Mm -hmm, it's really this selfishness. Self-love and the pride that's rooted in loving ourselves more than God. Yeah, and you talked a little bit about the story setting already, but why why this setting for this story? Yes. Yeah, so, actually, in the and so this story doesn't take place in Sunnybrook. That's just where okay. my hero grew up, but now he's um, living at least temporarily in the Twin Cities in Minnesota which is the story's primary setting Um, and that was actually an easy choice for this book Unseen Danger because this is actually book three in the Guardians Unleashed series which all takes place in the Twin Cities Um, so like the other books Unseen Danger is set there in the cities um, and then St. Paul specifically um, is the main location for most of the story's events in this particular book Mm.
1: Um, and what about the underlying positive message of unseen danger?
4: The underlying message is something that I personally am excited about. It it digs into a topic that I've been passionate about for many years, and that's very personal for me, and that is fear. Um, mm. There are so many lies that people believe about fear in our culture and even in the Christian world And Unseen Danger digs into the scriptural truth that fear is an evil that can be defeated through the power of Jesus Christ. So my hope is that readers of this book will come away empowered and greatly encouraged to battle their own fears and anxieties through the strength of God-given faith and God's promises for victory. We can beat our fears in Christ. And that's the message I really wanted this book to give to readers.
1: Yeah, and that's that's such a message, I think, even if we think we have conquered our fear, that we still need to hear, I think, again and again. So that's wonderful that it's in there.
4: Yeah, I agree with you, absolutely.
1: um, Yeah, so what's one thing you want readers to know? What do they need to know about unseen danger?
4: Well, I already touched on this a little bit, but I do want readers to know that this is that unseen danger is book three in the Guardians Unleashed series. Um, so book one, if if people want to know, is called Hidden Danger. And there's actually a prequel in the series, Rising Danger. So there are four books now in the series that people can binge on if they want to read the series mm. and they haven't gotten started yet. But I also like to make sure people know when they hear about Unseen Danger and, oh, it's book three, they might be afraid they can't jump into the series there. But I want to make sure people know that each of the stories in this series stands alone very well. It's a self-contained story that won't mm-hmm. leave them confused or feeling like they missed out. Um, so the characters and Story World are the continuous elements in the series, but each story stands alone. So readers can feel free to jump in at book three or wherever they want.
1: All right, so you, you heard her. You can pick up Unseen Danger if you haven't read the other ones. Right. <laughs> Don't be afraid. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing uh, on my show today.
4: Thank you for having me, Sarah.
1: My next guest is Cherise Stover, and her latest book is Defending the Witness. So welcome to my show. Well, thanks so much for having me. We're going to dive right in and start with the heroine and her name. Why did you name her this particular name? So I love to use original names, um, and I try really hard to find ones that fit my character. Um, And so prior to writing Defending the Witness, um, I was doing a book signing, and a woman and her sweet daughter, um, she was probably about six or seven, had come to the signing. And the little girl's name was Ayla. And I said, you know what, I love that name. Can I use your name in my book? And she nodded and she was like, yeah, that would be fun. And so thus, Ayla Dupree came to life. I I love that. Um, I'm always looking at, you know, post office worker names and <laughs> clerk names yeah. and saying, no, how do you say that? I might, you know, I don't usually tell them I'm going to use it unless I really know I am. But, yeah, I love how we can file those away and use them. Well, that's really sweet so let's um, let's talk about your hero and while they're manly men sometimes they have fears so what is your hero's greatest fear in defending the witness so deputy US Marshal Chance Tavala um, and he, his brother were attacked when they were teens um, early in their my like, junior high high school years Um, by gang members. And at that time, he couldn't defend his little brother. His um, brother sustained um, a permanent injury after that attack. And it just instilled in Chance that terrifying fear that he cannot protect somebody else. He's qualified, experienced, and excellent at being a fugitive tracker. He can hunt people down. But being a witness protector, uh, that's not so much his thing. So being forced to take care of Ayla really puts
0: him to the test.
1: Oh, yeah. I love it as authors. We get to make our heroes and heroines face their fears.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, it's always good. So let's, um, obviously, he's defending his witness from someone. So let's talk about your villain. Who or what does your villain love the most? Um, um, so my villain is... And I don't want to give it all away. (laughs) Okay. um, Because we we want to leave that part um, for the aha moment. Um, But my villain loves to be um, in charge. They want to have recognition, they want to have power and money, and they'll pretty much do whatever it takes to make that happen. So Mm. um, nobody and no one is going to stand in the way. Yeah, well, yeah, your hero better get. Better get cracking
4: <laughs> sending that rightness.
1: <laughs> so let's uh, let's talk about the story setting. Um, I love it that our settings can you know be an integral part of our story. but why did you why did this story need to be in this particular setting? Why did you pick it? Um, So we just recently relocated from Nebraska to Iowa. I'm a Colorado native, and I joke that my husband is slowly dragging me across the country one Midwest state at a time. Um, But (laughs) we were in Nebraska living there, and we had gone to visit Gavin's Point Dam, which sits right on the South Dakota-Nebraska border. Um, It separates the Missouri River and Lewis and Clark Lake, and it's gorgeous. Um, There are lots of red rocks that border the shore. There's some forested area on the Nebraska side. Um, and the dam is massive. Um, I believe at one time it was used um, for electricity. And so it's just an incredible scene. And when we'd gone there, I thought, this is it. This is the place that it has to happen. Um, and the cover art team did an outstanding job bringing that to life on the cover of my book. Um, so we had gone on just a family trip, checked it out, and I thought, what a better place to have this um, poor woman chased and hunted and um, that's where it all happens. So yeah, um, and there's you know a great barbecue restaurant over there. So anything that can end with food for me is a fabulous thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess well uh, readers will have to read the book to see if her witness gets to eat anything <laughs> while she's running. But that's that's a whole nother that's a whole another conversation to have. So let's switch to the um, kind of the the story, the message. I love that as Christian authors. Um, Even though we write romantic suspense where things can get a little hairy for our hero and heroine, we can also have underlying positive messages. So what's yours in Defending the Witness? Well, my tagline is Redeeming Suspense, and I try very hard to reflect the beauty um, of the message that God's redemption is always available. Um, And so in this particular story, Ayla struggles hard to trust anyone after learning the man that she considered to be a very close family member had lied to her um, pretty much most of her life. And so as she and Chance endure their adventure, she sees that people make mistakes and they do sin, but it doesn't mean that they're hopeless or that we can't ever have a relationship with them. Um, We put our faith in God alone and he helps us to give each other forgiveness and grace. The bottom line is because he redeems us, we too are not hopeless. Um, I love that. That's, that's a beautiful thing, I think, for us to read about in a, in a story and also take take that away in our own hearts afterwards. Um, so we're almost mm-hmm. out of time, but we have time for you to tell us what's one thing you want readers to know about Defending the Witness. Well, I love to say that I'm heavy on the suspense and lighter on the romance, um, but all romantic suspense books reflect a great balance of both of those things. My big thing is that I want my children and my family to be able to read my books, so I keep them clean, and I always offer a message of faith along with those suspenseful adventures. Oh, great! Well, um, listeners, defending the witness witness is available now, and thanks for being on my show, Sheree. Thank you so much. It was fun. My next guest is Lynette Eason, and she's here to talk about her new book, Countdown. So welcome to my show, Lynette. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So let's start with the heroine. And how does she feel about love at the beginning of your story?
3: Oh, uh, okay. So she, she just really wasn't sure that love was for her. Um, she has a very kind of sketchy past, uh, a lot of issues with love from her past. Um, related to love and so she's just very skeptical about the whole um thought of a romantic love and so it and, and it truly it seemed like she lost everyone she loved and so she was just kind of yeah this isn't for me not going there but of course she does <laughs>
1: Okay. And I lost your question for your hero. Which one was it? It was the first one. Yeah. A. Uh, what was the grace? Okay. All right. I'm going to cut this part out. I'm like, where did it go? Yeah. All yeah. right. Um, so let's switch to your hero. What is his greatest fear?
3: So my hero is a U.S. marshal, and his greatest fear is that he won't be able to protect the ones he loves. And um, he and Raina know each other through the group of friends that they are all involved with. And he's really kind of had a crush on her for a while. And she keeps him at arm's length. And once he realizes kind of what's going on, but not really. <laughs> and, but he does realize she needs protection. Um, he's, his biggest fear is that he, he'll he fail. Okay.
1: And let's, um, that's a great segue into our next question about the villain. Who or what does your villain love the most?
3: I I would say power and prestige and just, um. I probably shouldn't say more than that. You might be able to figure out who it is.
1: <laughs> no, we, we definitely can keep it, can keep the identity cloaked, but that's, yeah. yeah, that would drive, that would drive a person to do some pretty awful things, I would think. Really would. Yeah, yeah. So let's switch to the setting of the book. What was your biggest challenge in writing the book in the setting?
3: So this is the fourth book in the series. It's the last book. And I would say I find, honestly, trying to keep all of the details together and uh, consistent from one story to the next. I I have an Excel sheet, and it does help when I remember to actually use it. <laughs> but and sometimes I find myself going back through the stories, trying to, or, or at least my Scrivener, um document that I I use for the story, and to see what all I put in the, the setting section, because I do kind of fill that in. But um keeping all the details straight. And um, the, but you know, by the time I get to the fourth book, the setting is it's fairly ingrained in my head. There just could be some little details that I've forgotten that I added in the other stories that I might want to pick up in the last one.
1: Yeah. Um, and let's talk about the, the overall underlying positive message of your story. Lynette.
3: You froze.
1: Yeah. Sorry. You froze too. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. Let's start again. Okay. What was the underlying pause?
3: What is the underlying positive message of countdown? Okay, so the underlying positive message, you know, it's funny because I don't usually uh, figure that out until I get into the story. I'm not a total pantser. Um, I I do plot, you know, write a synopsis. But at that part, I kind of leave hanging a little bit so that I can see how the story is kind of flowing. In this one, it, it came to be the past doesn't define your future. You can make mistakes. And you can be forgiven and move on. God still has a plan for your life. And no matter how bad, how bad you might mess it up. And I use air quotes around the word mess, you know, mess, mess it up. Um, his plan is still there. He hasn't given up on you. And he wants to bring you into your full potential at uh, uh, the plan that he had for you from the very beginning.
1: Uh, I love that. That's such a beautiful, a beautiful message that we can't hear too often, I think. Yeah. yeah. So let's end our short time together with what is the tagline
3: of Countdown? Okay, the tagline, you know, when I when I thought about this, um, I was like, what is my tagline? That's a really good question. I just <laughs> come up with it beforehand. I just, you know, like I said, I just kind of start writing the story, but I decided it was, you can't run from your past.
1: Oh, that's, that's great. That's a great hook to to leave. <laughs> so, so thank you so much for sharing on my show today,
3: Lynette. Oh, thank you so for having me. This was fun. I really appreciate
1: it. Hi, and, and next up we have Tracy Abramson. She's going to be talking about her new release, Unseen. So welcome to my show, Tracy.
0: Well, thanks so much for letting me be here. I appreciate it. So we're going to talk about
1: um, the, some of the main characters from *Unseen*, and we're going to start with your heroine. And I always love to know if your heroine, if our, you know, your heroine got to be what she wanted to be when she grew up. Did she? Did she dream about being someone, a profession, or something? And did she actually become that person?
0: My heroine actually did. I mean, she grew up. Um, her family has a restaurant. And she's like, I don't want to do this. So she wanted to become a nurse practitioner, and that's actually exactly what she became. So it was, and it plays a lot into the story of kind of how everything unfolds. So it worked out great. Yeah, I always love
1: it. We can give our, our, our characters their, their dream job. <laughs> it's
0: always yes. fun. If only was, so let's all do the same thing, right?
1: Yes, yeah, of course we can. Anyone could be anything. Um, so, um, but let's switch to our heroes. Um, What is holding your hero back from finding love?
0: So my poor hero, this is, so this book is part of my guardian series. And um, like all of the other guardians, he is pretending to be dead. So like to protect his life, he has to pretend he's not alive. So that really kind of puts a damper on the love life. It's very sad. (laughs) That I think is one of the most
1: original why someone is (laughs) dying. doesn't want to fall in love is because they're pretending to be dead. I love that, Tracy. So well, it's let's
0: unique, switch, that's for yeah. sure. That's
1: for sure. That is for sure. So let's switch over to our our villain. Who or what does your villain and unseen love the most?
0: Okay, so my villain is definitely money and power. It's just the straight old fashioned, it's actually gang violence, um, is the basis of this book. So it's money and power. Yep. Those
1: are those can be definitely
0: um, lead
1: to bad things. Yes. So let's switch over to the setting for this one. Why did you pick this particular um, location for your story?
0: So in my Guardian series, I always have every every book is set in a different region of the world, and so this one was going to be set in Central America, and I chose Honduras because um, there is some. issues with gang violence and it was it made it where I could make it plausible where I would have these kind of issues so that is why Honduras became the setting
1: and have you visited Honduras I'm just curious I
0: I actually have not been to Honduras I've been to Panama Mexico Venezuela so a lot of places in the region just not Honduras but I have some good friends from there so that was really helpful in writing this
1: oh yes yeah and speaking of writing what was the hardest part of writing unseen
0: I think the hardest part, again, because it's a series and all of my characters have to pretend they're dead, um, was trying to figure out how to make that backstory fresh. So in this particular story, instead of him, like, pretending to be dead to hide from some evil forces or whatever, he actually is wrongly accused of a murder that he didn't commit. And the murder was actually one of my other guardians, um, It was a self-defense scenario and so these these people they come forward like hey let's either go to prison for something you didn't do or we can help you and give you a different life and so very difficult decision that he chose a different life so i think just making that fresh and something different was it, it ended up being a lot of fun but it was hard when i was first starting to try to find something different
1: yeah, yeah, and it's it is a challenge to make things fresh, and I know our readers appreciate it when we put in that that um, that hard work. Absolutely. Uh, so we're going to close our little time, Tracy, with what is one thing you want readers to know about Unseen?
0: So I think probably that even though this is part of a the series, they're really companion novels, and so it is okay to like if you start on this book, you're not going to be really missing anything. So I think that's probably the number one thing. And again, just like my other books, they're, they're fun, clean, wholesome, you know, family friendly. So it can be read by anyone at any time. Great,
1: right, and that's always, that's always helpful to know. So thank you again for
0: being on my show, Tracy. Thanks so much for having me, appreciate it. Thanks for listening to The Romantic Side of Suspense with Sarah Hammerker. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. You can sign up to receive notifications of upcoming podcasts and listen to previous editions at
3: sarahhammikerfiction.com.